0: walking in the rain. I was in awe of Ronnie Spector from a young age. She was hard to miss with that voice, face, hair, dance moves, and style. Her death in January 2022 was a blow to the whole world. Her passing hit me hard. I didn't know her well, but felt blessed by the little bit of contact I had with her. How many angels do we get in life? Even though she had that bad girl image... I feel sure she was an intermediary between heaven and earth. If there is a God, they believe in joy, pleasure, and a rebel spirit. Age 8, St. Winifred's Catholic School. Mrs. Wagner had been Miss Tillo the year before when she taught us second grade, but now she was married. She'd look like Ronnie Ronette, enough to make me wonder how she could be allowed to teach in the classroom next to Sister Aurelia. Me and my friends did dance routines to the Supremes and the Shangri-Las. We couldn't come close to copying the Ronettes, so we didn't even try. Age 12, babysitting. The Stewarts, who lived across the street, were breaking up when I started watching their two girls, aged five and seven. I didn't know any divorced people. Mrs. Stewart looked like Ronnie Spector. She had teased black hair, dark eyeliner, and she worked as a cocktail waitress. She'd leave at 4 p.m. wearing a beef uniform with hot pants, suntan-colored stockings on her long legs, and black high heels. Age 23. The Ronettes front and center in Alan Betrock's girl groups, the story of a sound, essential reading. It all starts to add up to more than pop songs. Safety in numbers, the sound and the sum total greater than the parts, made making music feel possible age 33. He was a southern boy, I was a Catholic girl, two subspecies imprisoned in our respective repressed heritages, trying to raise a child between us. I couldn't articulate any of the frustration and anger and disenchantment I felt, in real life anyway. In songs it came pouring out. All I want arrived in words and melody combined, verses, choruses, and bridges, sung in my head by Ronnie Specter. I, I feel a little egg. Egg. Give Five or six years later, I opened a show for Ronnie at the Bottom Line in New York City. Joe McGinty, who often played piano with me, had started working with her. During my set, I introduced All I Want by saying I wrote it with Ronnie's voice in my head, and wouldn't it make a great song for her to sing? She came right back into the dressing room after and said, I like that song. I want to record it. It was the closest to a Hollywood music bio dream life gets, vision aligned with reality. Ronnie rocked everyone with her performance that night and continued to do so anytime she played a show. It took a few years and a little prompting from Joe McGinty, but I finally got a thrilling call from Ronnie and her husband Jonathan letting me know she really would be including the song in a recording session. A few years later, Jonathan played a rough mix for me through the speakers of a rental car in an underground hotel garage in Seattle, where Ronnie was the keynote speaker at Rocker Girl, a music conference for female musicians. That's Keith Richards playing guitar, Jonathan beamed. He sounded pretty good, but the biggest thrill was Ronnie's grit, trill and classic "Whoa, oh 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 on the outro. The four-door sedan felt like a rocket ship to girl group heaven. Nearly five years in Nashville as a staff songwriter, for a publishing company, but the only cuts, my songs recorded by other artists I ever achieved were through my own efforts. I guess that's just the way it goes in the music biz. A lot of it is hard slog and some of it is pure serendipity. And looking back, it's the serendipity that counts. All I want was released on Ronnie's album, Last of the Rock Stars in 2006. I bought a copy at FYE in Norwich UK the week before Eric and I moved to France. I did my best to keep in touch with Ronnie and Jonathan over the years. I always felt like they were in my corner. I worked on finishing a song Ronnie sent via voice message years ago. I still hope to. Eric and I made it out to her London Christmas show in December 2019. How could it have been the last time? I'd been crying over her death for months, but when Jonathan spoke about Ronnie at a women's music fest in Woodstock, How for many years Phil would call and harangue her on the phone, tell her she was worthless and how she fought back and kept going. I fell in love with her all over again. My heart broke a second time for Jonathan, her husband. I put on a subtly animal print skirt and tights that hold it all in and settled on a red silk shirt that needed my Tom Petty you're going to get it badge to keep the buttons from popping open, black ankle boots. I drove the Subaru, and Eric rode along as passenger. The route to New York City so familiar, I thought to myself, here I go again. But this was a different journey than my weekly one to visit my dad. We were heading to a celebration of Ronnie Specter, and I felt excited and sad and honored to have been invited. The event was being held at the New City Winery on the west side of Manhattan, and I knew from many years of experience that street parking spots around there open up at 6 p.m., I parked in front of a place called Dog City, which at first looked like a luxury condo or office building, but was a spot for spot to pee and play, get groomed, probably get a dog massage. A big SUV with New Jersey plates was struggling to parallel park in front of us. He's got to be going to Ronnie's event, I said to Eric. The guy was a throwback to another era, dyed hair all in black, slick boots, The current city folk on the street were in sports clothes, casual, bright colors. The guy headed west, same direction as us. I looked down at myself, almost all in black, slick boots, a little color in my hair. Yep, I thought, I'm a throwback too. There were quite a few of us headed towards the event, waiting to show our vaccination cards and IDs at the door. I marveled at the white, daisy-painted skyscraper heels of the woman in front of me her dark curls capped with a white silk yarmulke. Turns out she was Ronnie's rabbi, and later that night she spoke about how a person's spirit remains with us after they're gone. I'm trivializing what was an eloquent message. I wished I'd had a recording of her words, something I have never in my entire life thought after a sermon, speech, or eulogy by a Catholic priest. Sorry. Before the tributes, I ran into many old friends Musicians who'd been a big part of Ronnie's last 30 years of performing and recording. Above us, there were projected adorable and life-affirming images of the Ronettes performing. Ronnie and her two sons and friends and family over the years. Tracks played, including Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory. Her version has made me cry since I first heard it on She Talks to Rainbows back in the early 2000s. The tributes were touching and varied, with Christine Ullman, a beautiful beehived MC. Joey D, who was sitting right in front of us in elegant pinstripes, was old school showbiz and sharp as he spoke, conjuring up a long ago world of package tours, segregation down south, and rock and roll singers looking out for each other. I felt sad but proud for Ronnie's husband, Jonathan, and her large family who were out in force Bob Gruen, the rock photographer, and his wife were at our table. Dennis Elsis, too. These are names from the music pantheon of my past, and I felt like Eric and I were kids who'd snuck in. But weren't we nearly as up there in years as all of these folks? We left after a gang vocal version of I Can Hear Music, with Ronnie's band looking strong. And Joey D, behind the wheel of a fly BMW, came to a quick stop and waved us in front of him in the crosswalk. It all felt surreal, remembering Paul Schaefer talking about skiing in Ontario, Ronnie's cousin and Ronet Nedra's childhood reminiscences, Keith Richards in a video tribute, and Ronnie's lovely assistant, so sweet and genuine. We got caught up in swirls of young people clustering around restaurants and bars near and on 9th Avenue. A buff guy walked by in shorty shorts and a sleeveless top, a perky kerchief around his throat. Didn't this used to be Boys Town? Now it was a dubious restaurant row. We climbed dark slate steps past two massive bodyguards completely uninterested in a couple like us. Is this a florist shop? Eric asked as we walked through an acre of plants towards a purported steakhouse. The restaurant part, when we finally reached, it was hell on earth. Based on the decibel level alone, there was no way food eaten here could be enjoyable, no matter how much they massaged the cows. Eric saw the red and green lights of a pizzeria sign. Yes, this was more like it. We got our slices and leaned against a counter to eat them. The pizza tasted like New York. That old mix of anonymity and autonomy. New York City's greatest gift. In a fitting end to an evening for Ronnie, the slice tasted like freedom. A day or two after Ronnie's memorial, I started reading her autobiography, Be My Baby, the updated version with a foreword by Keith Richards. As I read, I felt moved by her honesty and candor, just as I had when the book first came out in 1990. But I was riveted for new reasons. Along with the glory of the Ronettes' success and how Ronnie found her way as an artist afterwards, Be My Baby tells the story of Ronnie and Phil Spector, who built records around her voice, married her, and then kept her prisoner in a Beverly Hills mansion. One wondered how a smart, talented woman could end up in a crazy situation like that. What a singular villain Phil Spector must have been. But a few years after Ronnie recorded my song, I had experienced my own version of that same awful dynamic. It struck me how her strength had been the kind of strength it takes to get out of an impossible situation and try to rebuild the self someone else. Tried to dismantle. Tried, but failed. I'd had to do the same thing myself. How can we explain why certain artists move us and speak to us? And if they're around long enough and we're around long enough, it's possible that the reasons we relate to them change. Or maybe that need, understanding for all they had to offer was there all along, like seeds in a field just waiting for life to rain down and bring new necessary insights to light. Like walking in the rain, Ronnie's spirit shines through the worst weather life has to offer. It cost her a lot, but she's been there and always will be, for anyone lucky enough to listen. I feel a little ill.